Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. You know, whenever we uh, we get together to talk about law, as we do each month here on Liberty and the Law, we, uh, we've got the opportunity to dive into some of the more complex and unknown elements of the legal process. Or, as we will see today, we can take a look at one of the most basic and common elements of the law and uh, maybe start to understand it a little bit better than we did up to that point. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And today we're going to discuss uh, Miranda warnings. Uh, you know, the, the recitation you've heard countless times, uh, hopefully just on television or in the movies, uh, you have the right to remain silent, anything you say can and will be used well let's let's just get to the discussion rather than go through the full uh, recitation here joining me as he does for each edition of this series is attorney james door uh, james is a criminal defense attorney practicing at lavelle law and uh, he has several decades really of experience in this field so he's going to share some good thoughts with us uh, good afternoon good to talk to you again jim hey good afternoon jim it's great to be back on and uh, looking forward to letting people know some of their rights yeah yeah this one's fun i you know i I, and, and I've always referred to these as the Miranda rights. I've seen them described as Miranda warnings. Is, is there an appropriate title for what we're talking about today? I think either one is fine. It, it, they're both in common usage. Uh, I think their warnings would be more accurate, uh, but it, you're being warned about rights that you have. So um, I think it's interchangeable. Perfect. Now, uh, we, we see and hear these all the time. They seem to be basic part of, of the criminal defense system, but can you trace back to where these started? What are the origins of, of this reading? Uh, it comes out of a, a, a Supreme Court case that actually handed down about 50 years ago, past uh, this past June, uh, Miranda versus uh, Arizona, and some other cases that were consolidated with that. Um, but basically, there was a decision, and a paragraph out of that decision led to these rights as we know them as pre-printed on cards and uh, said on TV and countless arrests that we've seen in, on TV. So, um, But that's what it traces yeah. back to a paragraph in a Supreme Court case. Now, what's what's the purpose? I mean, from a, from a legal perspective and maybe, you know, whether it references that case or not, you know, why do we have these? Well, the, the reason we have this is because we have constitutional rights. We have rights to uh, against self-incrimination, basically the right to remain silent, and we have rights to an attorney. And one of the things that the Supreme Court was concerned about was there was certain um, undue influence that could be uh, brought to bear on a uh, criminal defendant, that there are certain uh, powers in the system, structures that work against the individual, um, just in that, in that setting. So the Supreme Court case was to make sure that people understood their rights before they could waive their rights and, say, talk to the police. So this was really concerns um, interrogation of suspects while they're in custody. And is there an appropriate time at which these are supposed to be read to the defendant? Uh, and that would be uh, custodial interrogation is really the, what, it come, what it boils down to in the case law. But uh, when a person's in custody uh, and the police want to ask questions and get some information from that person, uh, they need to be advised that they do have the right to remain silent and the right to have an attorney present you know, before questioning or during questioning, that sort of thing. So um, it really comes down to a, a fairness uh, discussion mm-hmm. um, and uh, a fairness of process. So make sure people understand their rights and then waive their rights if they do want to talk to the police. 
All right, well, let's let's talk about these because yeah, I know you've got some some interesting views on this and and perhaps a perspective that uh, you know the general public here wouldn't have. Let, let's kind of go through them. First of all, is as you mentioned, the right to remain silent. Now, what specifically do you recommend, and why is that important uh, in cases that you deal with? Well, it's important because the U.S. US Constitution guarantees um, certain rights, and one of those rights in the Fifth Amendment is that a person in a, in a, in no person should be compelled in a criminal case to be a witness against himself. So that boils down to um, a right to remain silent, uh, and uh, also in the Miranda warnings is the right to an attorney. So you're being advised that you have a right to consult with an attorney before making the decision of whether or not to even talk to the police. So there's a couple rights that are you know, wrapped up in that mm -hmm. short warning. Um, but just to make sure there's a fairness of process that people know they have a right to consult with an attorney before making that decision whether or not to talk to the police. Now, if, if I can picture different circumstances where this might occur, uh, generally... You know, there, there may be criminal action that takes place. So that's one thing. But there may be times where people don't think or don't realize they actually broke a law. They they were involved. There were some circumstances that compelled them to do what they did. And as the police arrived, they're they're probably nervous and they want to just tell their side of the story. And uh, are you sort of suggesting they they resist that urge no matter what and just wait for the appropriate time before they say too much? Absolutely. I'm suggesting that's a very bad idea. Uh, the police okay. will often come to you. They, they, they won't often come to you and say, you're a suspect in this investigation. We want you to talk to us. Will you do that? No. They'll say, we, we want you to come down. We want to hear your say, side of the story, clear this up. We just want to get a statement from you so I could close my file, that sort of thing. So they're going to make it really easy for somebody to come and talk to them. They, you know, remember, they want somebody to talk. Um, mm-hmm. One of the most powerful bits of evidence that can be against a defendant in the criminal system is an admission of guilt, um, a confession, whatever you want to call it. Uh -huh. It's very strong evidence. So yeah. what I'm suggesting is before talking to police to consult with an attorney. So you need to re you know, tell the police, I am asserting my right to remain silent. I want to speak to a lawyer. Now, if, after speaking with a lawyer, you can certainly answer questions. The, the lawyer can be there with you can conduct an interview with the with the police and that way you're being protected at the same time. So, you know, because I'm suggesting remaining silent is it's, it's an excellent thing to protect your rights. If mm -hmm. getting your version of the story will help you in fact, the attorney will know that and help in those conduct, you know, conducting those negotiations and that process interrogation process with the police. Now let's um, let's talk because the, the next term here I, I, you mentioned a little bit already, and and it's interesting to think about now. That's it's that phrase can and will be used against you, which which is a kind of a frightening thing to stop and think about as you were just starting to describe. Uh, you know, how can comments that a defendant makes be used against them? Does it immediately become evidence and, and can be used and interpreted uh, different ways by the prosecution or the uh, police? Well, it, just look at the, the, the roles we play in this process. The the police investigator, the police officer or detective, is there to gather facts to present to the prosecutor so the prosecutor can bring the charges in the case. And it's not the police. Police investigate, but the prosecutor's charge. So, you know, there's very – talking to the police, you know, may have some benefits, but the point is of all this is that we have rights and – in order to protect yourself, you have to assert those rights. And among those are, you have a right to remain silent, and you have to say, I wish to uh, 
you know, assert my right to remain silent. You know, I want to write, I want my lawyer. You know, it's just simple things that ensure fairness in the process. And I think that's what it comes down to is you know, before talking with police, take a step back and say, I want time to think about this. this is what you're thinking here. You know, this is mm-hmm. because, you know, like your question says, it, what, what does it mean that the evidence can be used against you? Well, the, the, the detective is collecting evidence to present to the prosecutor. So everything you say can be written down, recorded, either video or audio, and all of that can be used as evidence against you at your trial or just in court in general. So that mm-hmm. is something to keep in mind. That's what that warning means. You know, you are what you are saying is being taken down and will be used against you if it benefits the prosecution. Interesting. We're, uh, we're talking with uh, Attorney James Dore today on Liberty and the Law, um, taking a look at uh, the Miranda rights. Um, James has been recognized by the American Association of Premier DUI Attorneys for his work on DUI cases. Uh, been serving clients for uh, more than 20 years and uh, um, plays an important role in the criminal defense group uh, at Lavelle Law. Uh, he's drafted a number of articles that you can find at LavelleLaw.com on, on topics just like this. And, uh, you know, if I can just go back, James, to what you're saying, people have to understand, as you said, these are their rights. You know, they're entitled to this. And I think sometimes people are afraid they're going to be perceived as uncooperative, but, um, you know, they have to stand up for what they're given by the Constitution and not worry so much about what the officer thinks until they've had time to kind of gather their thoughts. That That, that is right. Uh, it is, it is, these are your rights. You need to exercise them. Nobody's going to exercise them for you. So mm-hmm. um, the fact that these warnings exist, there's case laws. So the Supreme Court said before the, the uh, police officers conduct these interrogations, they have to re- read these minimum amount of things to let the people know that they have these rights. But the key is, these are your rights, and you have to exercise those rights. So when an officer says you have the right to remain silent, you have to say, I wish to remain silent. You have a right to an attorney. You have to say, I want an attorney. And that that triggers the, those rights. And, and I guess there's a certain amount of patience, in, in, again, in a stressful time that you have to exhibit because saying I want an attorney means you've got to get to a point where you can reach an attorney and get that attorney over to where you are, and that may delay things, but, but still, you know, that's, that's a small price to pay to, to make sure that you're covered. Well, and, and the importance of that delay is that period of time. Otherwise, police officers would be asking you questions, and you would be answering those questions to your detriment. That delay helps mm-hmm. because you should talk to an attorney, so let's get the attorney down there, whatever it takes. You know, it does take some time, fine, but... When you say, I want an attorney, then at that point, the police officers have to stop that interrogation of you. They can't keep answering, asking you questions. They mm-hmm. have to honor that request for an attorney. Interesting. Now, I, unfortunately, a lot of times um, arrests may be made in cases or, or at least you know, uh, people interviewed in cases in which they are juveniles or under 18. Um, are there different circumstances there, and what should the role of the parent be if they get a phone call in, in, in a situation like this? Well, I think that, that basically the parent should appear. It should never let your child go alone at whatever age to the police department. Um, and make sure that your child is aware of these rights and exercises these rights. Same thing, you have a right to remain silent and have an attorney present, and that is a very good idea. Um, the attorney could step in and help in that, you know, the role of also helping to protect that child. So um, that's something to remember in the juvenile system, that the attorney plays a role there as well. 
and um, the same principles in the criminal justice system apply as relates to you know interrogation and questioning and that sort of thing so um, but parents exercise that right on behalf of your children don't let them talk yeah okay Right. And now, I know it, gets, um, it goes you, against the, what parents want to do, but that's in that role of protecting the child. Yeah, exactly. Protect their rights and uh, and let let the right process play out with with an attorney on uh, on hand there. Um, now, we you and I both referenced earlier, you know, seeing this process play out in in the movies and on television because uh, that's probably where we have have seen it. Um, so fact or fiction. Which I love, by the that, way, because it lets people know they have these rights. So I'm just saying that, that we're the next part. We're saying exercise yeah. these rights. <laughs> well, we're all ingrained with that. But now, is it is true or false that if these rights are not read, then then can charges be dropped? I mean, is this an absolute requirement? Uh, here, here's the thing. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card if they don't ask, uh, read you these warnings. But what happens okay. is, let's say an officer questions you without presenting, you know, giving you these, these warnings, okay, that, that, whatever the results of that interrogation can be um, excluded from court, from evidence at court, because of noncompliance with this. So it's not that the timing of the arrest, it, it's not, there's no requirement that an officer read these rights to you upon arrest, but okay. the officer does have to let you know that you have these rights if he wants to ask you questions. Um, he's got to let you know you have, you have the right not to answer those questions and the right to have an attorney present during the process and beforehand to consult with an attorney. And, and that's the critical takeaway today. I think uh, two things, you know, one, exercise the right to remain silent and, and then just remind us here before we wrap up why it's important to have that attorney with you at, at all times. Well, the attorney is going to help with the process because the officer really does not have the uh, charging discretion. That's with the prosecutor's office. So if you're going to you know, give up your side of the story or give the police information that they want to help them and you want to get the benefit of talking to the police, well, you have to lock them into that. And they don't have the authority to, to you know, dictate what happens with the charges. Only the prosecutor has that. So in order to have any importance, sure, you can answer questions to the police and talk to the police as long as we have an agreement with the prosecutor's office of what that testimony is going to be worth. So, you know, just, just opening up at the beginning of the case has no value. But if the lawyer steps in and you negotiate with the prosecutor's office, then you can come to an agreement or work out some terms, okay, for lesser charges or whatever the case may be. So there, there's things in order for that information to have value to the person, it has to be it's better to, to do it through an attorney. Great. Well, thanks to James Dorr of Lavelle Law for being here. Thank you for listening. And again, 847-705-755 to listen or to, uh, to reach out to James and LavelleLaw.com for other podcasts, articles, and information about criminal offense. Thanks so much for listening.